Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is an actor slash singer slash performer based in new york city she's also the co-creator of the web series the marias and a blogger for behind the scenes with dylan it's dylan greenberg everyone hi thank you so much for having me well, thank you so much for saying yes to this. And also, thank you so much for making me watch this movie because it's so beautiful. And I forgot how beautiful it was. And I'm legit about to cry because it's so pretty. <laughs> oh, I mean, I literally sobbed when I watched it. I used to watch this movie with my nanny, who was kind of like my grandma, and she died of cancer. Oh, and, so you know, it wasn't out. Thank you. Um, I was eight when she passed away, but this movie was just released. It hadn't been out in what, like 20 years. And I watched it and I literally just like started sobbing because like, I forgot like all these memories, you know, you know, when you like forget a memory and you just kind of like remember it again, that's, that's what happened. And, you know, it's funny because I wrote like a little story and I tagged Cinderella. I talked about my nanny and they like commented back. They like DM'd me and it was like really beautiful. It was a really beautiful moment. So like this movie is like, it holds a special place in my heart, you know? So was this like your Cinderella that you grew up with or was it the original animated one that you watched? Uh, I would say both. I, I watched all the princess movies, but I would watch this all the time. This one specifically. I mean, I had it on tape. I remember putting it in and um you know my nanny she would sew too and she (laughs) made me like I told her like I want this Cinderella dress I remember she watched the movie and like she made me the dress for Halloween and oh my god that's adorable um, yeah so she she was really really talented but I mean I would watch this one I would say a little bit more than the animated one just because it was it is very you know theatrical and and I was into that stuff, you know, as a, yeah. as a kid. Because, like, you get Whitney Houston. I mean, hello. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's just much more lively than the, you know, animated yes. version. And that's what I liked, about, liked it as a kid is just that it was so, like, fun and, and entertaining, you know, to watch. Yes, because this one, it feels like put more emphasis on the people and there was a lot of color and... If you want, mm-hmm. like, I watched the costumes and there was a lot of, like, stripes and oh patterns gosh. and things like that. And then in the animated one, the original, put a little too much emphasis on the rats yes. and the animals. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think as a kid, I was just, like, just always entertained because I feel like the actors just put a lot of energy into it. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> um, I just thought they were so cool. Well, so if you haven't guessed, we're obviously talking about Cinderella, the 1997 made-for-TV movie version of it. Book by Oscar Hammerstein II, teleplay by Robert L. Friedman, music by Richard Rogers, lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II and Lorenz Hart. And it's directed by, uh, I hate myself for not knowing these last names. (laughs) It's directed by Robert Iscove. I hope that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm so sorry if that's not. And according to IMDb, although mistreated by her cruel stepmother and stepsisters, Cinderella is able to tend the royal ball through the help of a fairy tale godmother. Uh, uh, A fairy godmother, I should say. I mean, it's Cinderella. Everyone knows the story of Cinderella. (laughs) We do. I actually did a different version of the Cinderella story, like, couple episodes ago called the slipper and the rose have you ever heard of that one no so in that one they make sense of the midnight rule because you know you watch mm-hmm. you watch these movies and the fairy godmother's always like by midnight you have to be home and you wonder why in that other movie it turns out that like she's borrowing magic from other parts of the world to help cinderella out so it justifies it and while watching this i was just like i mean whitney houston did put a cap on it 
where she's like, the magic's only good until midnight. But it's like, you could have like fudged it a little bit, maybe like yeah. 1210. <laughs> <laughs> let let a girl get home first. Come on. <laughs> uh, I wrote down a few questions, and one of them was just like, isn't this cast just perfect? Oh, no. Like the cast is so crazy good. Like Whoopi, Whitney Houston, Brandy, Victor Garber. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander. I don't know the prince's name is that bad. This was like his breakout. Yeah. Overall, really. But like, what name. a what an amazing. Oh, Bernadette Peters. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so it's just like a crazy, amazing cast. And like, I feel like it's so ahead of its time because it's like a color, you know, it is a colorblind cast. And that wasn't really done like I, back then. You know what I, I mean? Like, this is like so relevant to now, I feel like. I read that that this was the first multiracial cast performing the show. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I can believe that. I was like, uh, I would have expected maybe one in the eighties, but like, mm. I mean, even now, I feel like if this was on Broadway, it wouldn't be even that. When it went to Broadway, Kiki Palmer was like, oh, that's the- true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't watch that, but like, it's so even now when you're on Broadway like you don't see it or like movies it's still it's still you see it some it's getting there but yeah, I yeah. feel like yeah it, I mean slowly but like this was really like ahead of its time and, oh, yeah. um, and I think that's why our generation really liked it because it was different um the music was even different like if you listen to uh like it, it's it, um impossible it's possible Mm, i love that song (laughs) they gave like there was some like hip-hoppy r&b-ness going on with it and i couldn't i couldn't quite put my finger on it but i would when i was rewatching it for this i was just like that music is so not rogers and hammerstein you know what i mean no it's not but like sometimes you know when it's like the quieter moments it does go back to that very like when they say like the sweetest sounds are my own little corner right. it goes back to that like classicalness so it like has a nice mix of like fun kind of poppy r&b and then you have this beautiful ballad and I think that's also what makes it really cool is that you kind of have a bunch of different styles in there but it, it all works in the movie uh, I had to look up who the director was because for a second I thought it was Kenny Ortega it was not commercial. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Because, you know, Kenny Ortega was in Disney's pocket as a choreographer for like a couple of, like a decade before he became also a director. I was watching it and there's some, like the the Prince is giving a ball dance sequence. Great. So beautiful. And I was just like, was this Kenny Ortega? Nope. Rob Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Marshall, everyone. That's great. (laughs) So while watching this, I forgot that Miss Whitney, rest in peace, she wasn't in it a lot, but like the fairy godmother really isn't in the story a lot. But when she was, she gave me chills. Did you get chills like during Impossible? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think whenever she's there, she's just like, she has a very strong presence. And I feel like in the story, like, although she's not there, you feel like she's guiding Cinderella a lot. Like she's giving Cinderella kind of the courage, I feel like, to make these choices which is why you think of her because she's really telling her you know pushing her to do these things I think and then she Um, gives like the be-all theme at the end where it's oh yeah and she's riffing and (laughs) it's amazing I meant like she gives the theme of like the magic is in you it's not oh yes he doesn't like it's not just the external beauty that he likes he likes you the inside yeah I mean yeah (laughs) she's really she's given some deep talks you know mm-hmm. and I think ties you know everything together at the end and I mean whenever when she starts singing it's just like she opens oh her goodness. mouth and you're just like uh <laughs> you're like wow <laughs> I mean I did applaud for Whoopi when she sang at the end she did she had like one line or a couple lines to sing and it you know she did her best she tried her hardest and you know what it wasn't bad <laughs> no and I mean that's like on Broadway too there's always like that one character that just sings like at the very end and yes. you know they're usually just like actors so it's fine 
<laughs> she carried she's the whoopee. tune. And she's she's whoopee. whoopee. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants. So now, have you seen, like, the other movie versions of Cinderella? Of, of the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella? What what is what are the other versions? I so, can't even remember. So originally, the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella was written for Julie Andrews in 1957 to be oh, a TV movie. I don't think I've watched that in quite some time. I feel like I was pretty young when I watched it, but it's not something. Right. I feel like this was the version I grew up on, really. Well, and, and then Leslie Ann Warren did it like 10 years later. Leslie Ann Warren, she was in that movie Clue. She played Miss Scarlet. I, I don't know if that gives you any sort of reference. No. no? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, she played Cinderella for another TV movie. So like, this is the third iteration oh. of it. And I mean, I think we're in agreement in saying like, this is the best iteration of it. Yes, of course. They fluctuated on songs and like even in this one, there are a few songs that were not part of like the original Julie Andrews mm-hmm. uh, musical. For instance, uh, Bernadette Peters, though lovely as she is and like she's a songbird and all that, the song Falling in Love with Love, mm-hmm. not part of the original show. It's from... Oh, I didn't write down where it's from. Damn it. I forgot. It's from a different musical entirely that they were like, let's just pluck it here. They do that though sometimes. They probably wanted to give her like another song because she's well, Bernadette Peters, you know. That, and then I I read also that they want to show that she was, uh, she she has a hist- uh, baggage in a way that she's not. Oh, I found where it's from. Oh, you did? It's from the boys from Syracuse. Thank you. Yes. So they wanted to show that, like, she's not pure evil. She has a heart. Somewhere. She has a heart that was trampled on and everything. Uh, and then the song at the end that Whitney sings, The Music in You. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, from another Rodgers and Hammerstein movie called Mean Street to Broadway. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that those were actually Rodgers. Roger and Hammerstein mm-hmm. song. So that's. Oh, yeah. Well, so I think the boys from Syracuse was a Rogers and Lorenz Hart. It wasn't. Yeah, Rogers and Hart. I mean, but like the way that they did it, it seems like it fit in. I think so. It, yeah, it, I mean, I wouldn't know feel, really. Right. It didn't feel like it was out of place or anything like that. It's, it's still the same genre, you know? So. Yeah. It fits and it works. Plus, Bernadette gets a song. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I also feel like they really wanted to give her another song. And they were like, well, how can we do this? Because so <laughs> she deserves it. I was reading the Wikipedia of like the, the Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella, which is fascinating, by the way. But the 2013 version that you were kind of referencing, that was the Broadway show. And that's the mm. first time. It was on Broadway, which I was just like, what? It took 60, uh, nope, it took over 50 years for it to get to Broadway. Almost. Oh, I didn't actually know that. That's, that's pretty crazy. You would think that it it would have been on Broadway first. Right? Nope. It was written, like I said, it was written for Julie Andrews as a made for TV movie back in the day. Okay. That's, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know that. For summer, I should know that since I'm a musical theater major, but... Reading about that one, so I didn't see it, I'm not going to lie. My mom and sister saw it, and they would, like, ask me all about the costume magic because she does the transformation on stage and everything. But that one had a different tone entirely from what I was reading. Like, it's semi-political, and the prince's parents are dead at the beginning so there's no king Mm. and queen sorry whoopee so (laughs) it's very interesting how they keep trying to revive this story because it is one of the oldest fairy tales in the world yeah (laughs) i mean yeah it i guess that is interesting there's just been so many revivals of it and i want i wonder if it will like ever go back to broadway and or a tour and they 
you know, do something different with it too. I bet, I bet it would happen one day. There's another movie coming out. Oh, really? With <laughs> this who? Year, Camilla Cabello as the as Cinderella and Billy Porter as the fairy godmother. Okay, that's kind of cool though. <laughs> <laughs> I like, bet he's loving that one. Like it's cute. He can he he can sing the shit out of it's possible. Give him all the songs. Just like give him all yeah. the songs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool, actually. Not gonna lie. Um <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I hope that's good. I mean, I'm sure Billy Porter will be amazing. Allegedly, it's supposed to come out this year. So Oh. Okay. Well, so there was that one that came out a few years ago with Lily James as cinderella i didn't see that movie have you seen it no i think that one was not a musical i think that one was i think it was more just like a movie that had some music in it but that was the one where she got a lot of flack for the way that she looked on the posters do you remember this the controversy of that one so lily james she's a, a very like small skinny individual and looking at her on the poster like she looks like a barbie with with like no waist yeah and like people criticized her for that and also was like it's photoshopped and all that and she's just like no I mean I'm wearing a corset and like I'm skinny to begin with so yeah I'm sure it like when you're wearing a corset and you're already thin, you're just going to look like even thinner. <laughs> <laughs> so is Cinderella your favorite fairy tale or do you have like one that just mm. ups it a little more? I don't know. I guess I like wasn't, I mean, I love Into the Woods. I love like Little Red Riding Hood, I guess. That's a good one. Cinderella is great. I would also love watching Sleeping Beauty mm. uh, and, and uh, why am I forgetting the name? The Apple? Snow White. Snow White. <laughs> I think those are my top three. Like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella. Those are my favorite. Oh, and I loved Pocahontas too. I don't know. Honestly, when I was little, I just watched them all. That's just what I would do. I, every Halloween, I was like a different princess. So, but I, I remember watching this movie, honestly, like right. the most. I'm pretty sure I would watch this one the most. I would just always, I mean, when I played it last night, because I rewatched it, like, for a second time, my boyfriend was home, and I just, like, knew the words. And he was looking at me like I was a weirdo, and I was like, I can't believe I've memorized. I mean, I know it's, like, standard Rodgers and Hammerstein, but, I mean, they were, like, Impossible and some other songs. Like, I don't remember those, really. Like, I never sang those in college or anything. And I just knew it right away. So, I was like, wow, if I remember this now, and I would watch this when I was like four or five, like it meant I watched it literally all the time. <laughs> so like in my own little corner, wasn't in your book at all for auditions? The Stepsisters Lament was in my book for a while. There you to go. To be honest, that one was. <laughs> That's a good one. If they were, yeah. if, if they call for like a, co- a comedic song, done. Yeah, and it actually is, it was kind of hard to learn, I remember, because it was, it is like in a very like talky place. It's not, it's not a very, it's not pretty. You have to sound kind of ugly and it's charactery. So it was like freshman year of college and I, I was having trouble because I'm a soprano, like a pretty soprano. I had trouble sounding kind of ugly and just kind of letting go. So this was like a song that my voice teacher would give me and and it's a good song I think for an audition if you kind of are going in for like a character role or something kind of sassy it's a good practice and also just to challenge you to like use a different part of your voice yeah yeah think about it so it is a good song I think for that kind of stuff because not every I it's funny because I guess as a soprano I look at all the pretty Rogers and Hammerstein but when you think about it they do write quite a bit of charactery fun songs and I think more people like should look at those there were some moments though I'm gonna I'm gonna criticize it for a second and I'm sorry in advance sure but there were some moments that it felt like I don't know if Brandy wasn't like a strong enough singer for the song or if like she didn't have the right breath control for it but it, Mm. it felt like I can't I can't even give you an example off the top of my head Maybe a lovely night where she, she wasn't the, 
she wasn't the strongest singer because obviously you're singing against Bernadette. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna lose that game. <laughs> she has a different. She doesn't have that like musical theater classical kind of training. Yeah, or it's just not her voice. It's she's more pop, you know, and R and B. So it's just I right. I bet it's just yeah. When you put it to, next to Bernadette Peters, it just doesn't sound the same, you know. Like my own little corner, she did fantastic, and I oh. love that. And her on screen with Whitney, they had a connection that I don't know how they got it. Like, I don't know if it was just instantaneous or if they worked really hard, but there was definitely something there that you were, that me now in my, in my early thirties, really appreciated because like, you know, I'm not look, I'm not watching it just to be entertained, but to talk about it with somebody and think about it critically and so those scenes were just great because like I don't know if they've ever played like a mother and daughter after this or if they shared the screen again I hope they did before you know uh, Miss yeah. passed away but I don't was... actually know I would have to look that up oh I did but I agree they have great they really do have great chemistry together and I think that's why those scenes even though you said that Whitney Houston's not on a lot I think that's why they're so memorable because they just were like they had such great chemistry on screen and you really remember that and then I forgot Jason Alexander was in this and he, <laughs> he was the poor comedic relief but like he has an accent too it's funny <laughs> oh yeah he did have an accent <laughs> yeah I, I forgot about that <laughs> he was really the only one that had an accent because yeah yeah it's it's funny like I watched it again and I was like I don't remember him having this accent but he does I wonder why they gave that to him, but that's okay. He still did a good job. and I, I'm not mad about it. No, no. <laughs> so I was looking at the development of how this movie got made. Um, it was because of the success of, have you seen the Gypsy movie with Bette Midler? No, I have not. That's awful that I haven't. So she plays Mama Rose, obviously, but that was another TV movie And it was so successful on CBS that producers were looking for like a new thing. And they were like, oh, let's do Cinderella. And they got Whitney Houston on board as a producer. And and they started like working on it in like 1992. And so at the time they were like, okay, Whitney, not only are you a producer, we're going to have you play Cinderella. Hmm. Unfortunately, Production was delayed and it was shelved and all that. And eventually ABC picked it up because they wanted to revive the wonderful world of Disney, which was an anthology series that like they played these mo- these type of movies. I've done a lot of them on here on this podcast already. So it's very interesting. But Whitney at, the t- at this time, we're now in like 96, I want to say. And Whitney was like, ooh, I'm a little old for this. Let's, mm-hmm. let's have Brandy do it. But like, could you imagine 1992 Whitney Houston playing Cinderella? I mean, I'm trying to imagine it. I don't, I, be- I mean, since it's Whitney, I bet she could pull it off. But I just know her so well as the fairy godmother. I guess she gives off more of that energy. Yeah. And not like a young ingenue. But I mean, I'm sure if she did it, she probably would have done a great job. She would have belted her just... face off in, oh, yeah. in a little corner. Yeah, she probably would have belted all those songs. Kind of like Carrie Underwood in The Sound of Music. <laughs> you know what I, I'm talking about? I have, I'm refusing to watch that. That's like what I see it, like imagining is, but like better, you know? Because it's Whitney. Yeah. But like, yeah, 90... 90- Early 90s Whitney, belting her face off a Cinderella. I wonder who would have... I didn't see, like, who they would have thought of as the other cast. So, like, who would play the fairy godmother? I have literally I have no idea. Su- who, was, who, was, who was big back then? I have a suggestion that may blow your mind, because it just blew okay. my mind a little bit. Diana Ross as the fairy godmother. I mean, I could see that. Uh, you're right. I actually could. That's exactly what would happen, probably. Because, like, you needed another named person, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And, like, as we saw, 
I think for this version, they gave her more on purpose because like Bernadette, they were like, we need to give you more songs. So yes, I don't know if they would do the same thing if it was Diana, Miss Diana Ross. (laughs) Oh, they totally would. (laughs) Unless she didn't want them. She could have been like, I want to be in like a couple songs. You, you get me for two days and two days only. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that too. But I mean, I'm sure everyone that was asked to be on Cinderella were really happy about it. You know, oh, it's yeah. a cool thing to be a part of. And I'm sure everyone really enjoyed it and knew that they would get a lot of exposure. And, you know, it's a classic story. Who wouldn't really want to do you that can, project? You can tell they're having fun. A fun detail that I forgot is at the beginning with the sisters fighting over that disgusting hat and then they go into the hat shop and buy it but like they rip it in two (laughs) (laughs) like this shit is funny (laughs) yeah i think that's what i also forgot about it or forgot about was it like it actually is just super funny and it's like meant i don't know i was just entertained by it and i'm an adult so i was you know this is like you could tell that it was meant for people of like all ages then um, yeah, like they're 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 campy, they're overacting, and I'm here for every second of it. Yeah, like you could tell they really just like committed and we're having fun with it. <laughs> and it shows and it's just fun to watch. Is there anything you wanna like mention that you wanted to talk about? Because like I brought I I talked about a lot. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I guess Something I also noticed was that uh, the costumes and the sets were was very fun. Like the, um, I noticed that just like the costumes are very colorful, and that's something that I didn't, that I just kind of forgot about until I watched it again. You know, they were very vibrant, and I guess it was kind of almost like maybe like a pastel vibrant color. But I liked, I liked, I just really liked the costumes too. I. A lot of jewel tones for it. Jewel tones, yeah. The town was just so vibrant. There's another Disney movie called Babes in Toyland. I don't know if you've ever watched it. Mm, I've never watched it, but I've heard of it. It's on Disney Plus. I had to do it for an earlier another episode too. But like it makes sense because like this movie, you say that it's so vibrant and everything. Go watch that movie whenever you have a minute. Because all you really need to see is like that first scene and you your eyes will just be like oh my god so many colors and it's overloading but n- not at the same time mm-hmm. which i want to say is like a strong suit of disney like they, yeah, managed- they know how to they know how to do it <laughs> <laughs> they managed to be like here's the entire rainbow at you with every print and pattern and whatnot but it's gonna work <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. The de- the costume designer, her name is Ellen. My, hmm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna fuck this last name up. Myrajnik, Myrajnik, Myrajnik. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Uh, she has 72 design credits according to her IMDb uh, from 1978 to present as a wow. costume designer. Including little-known films like Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Rat Race, Cloverfield, Logan Lucky, this little thing called The Greatest Showman. And oh, that would make sense, actually. And apparently she's attached to that new Cinderella movie that I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Well, that's so kind of cool. She gets to do Cinderella twice. That's awesome. Well, no, I mean, I love, I love her costumes. I think they're they're beautiful and um i think they made part of the movie yeah i mean that dress is like so pretty and i think that's i mean i think that's important because for cinderella to go from in the cinders to going to the ball and dropping her slipper like the costume is a big focus on the show is what she's wearing and um so i mean i think that's that was really important. That was a really important thing to nail in the movie. And they definitely got it. Cause like it kind of harkens to the animated one. Cause that's what everyone does now where since the animated movie came out, I think it was like the first one that came out out of all of these. They were like, okay, so it's gotta be a blue gown or bluish 
gown. And like the way that they did it for Brandy, it wasn't just like blue, you know, it was like, it was a nice subtle, you know, color. And, oh, I just loved it. I hated the shoes, but I loved the dress. (laughs) I don't remember. I can't remember what the shoes looked like. I mean, other than they were glass. (laughs) When it was on her, it looked like it was like the shoe when it was on her. It looked like it was vinyl plastic, not mm. glass. I mean, so I have an, uh, I think I told you this. I have another podcast. It's called Movie Deja Vu, where we compare similar movies by creating a verbal Venn diagram. Anyway, uh, <laughs> not that long ago, I had to watch Ever After, the I Drew Barrymore one. <laughs> I so, guess I used to watch that too. So like I've seen... Ever After, I saw The Slipper in the Rose, I've seen this one, and I must have seen other iterations of Cinderella elsewhere because it's such a popular thing for shows, for TV shows and movies to reference that I'm just like all cinderella out <laughs> in a way. But at the same time, I feel like I gravitated more towards the Ever After shoes because... Mm-hmm they like i they were going for like historical realism with that movie but like the way that those shoes were designed looked like shoes it wasn't like the glass slipper yes yeah i mean ever after it is very historical like it's the costumes and the party is like very relevant to the time period yeah i guess i lied i I used to watch that movie too i forgot about that one wow you revisit that one because if you want like a masterclass in acting, Angelica Houston. I need, yeah. Because like you, you get, um, you kind of get layers with Bernadette Peters, but also like they camp up everything for. Yeah, Angelica Houston's just like cruel in it. She has. There are other moments in it where, um, like at the beginning when she. Uh, She's introduced as the stepmother and you've got the father there. And there are moments where it's like, okay, well, she's not evil quite yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think there's like moments from where I remember where she like tells, I don't, what's her name in the movie? It's not Cinderella, but. Um, Danielle DeBabara. Oh, Danielle. I think she tells Danielle, like, you really do look like your mother or something or your father. I can't remember who, but she was like being like lit legitimately genuine there like and then and then she kind of snapped out of it there's i from what i remember so there are like little glimmers of oh you used to be a kinder person because like bernadette peters does play like a kind of a caricature of an evil person Mm -hmm. but then she gets that one line at the end like towards the end where she's just like you're commoner you will never be you can yeah that's like the one serious moment or she, yeah and you're like oh whoa you can oh. act <laughs> really well <laughs> excuse me while i shit my pants while you're yelling at somebody else so this is this was one thing that i have to ask how did cinderella and the prince not recognize each other at the ball you like know they, that's a good question <laughs> they met in the village they had a moment i mean her hair was down and her hair is up but like me. <laughs> that's a good question you know i don't i don't have an answer for that other than you know that's, it's a it's a fairy tale <laughs> that's fine i mean yeah and, and it's uh you know disney so just some, some movie tra- magic some choices were made exactly and i have questions about that <laughs> <laughs> uh do you have any other thing that you want to bring up before we get into sharp and flat i feel like we answered so much of it um now on Disney I mean, Plus, everyone. We, like, it's on, yeah, it's on Disney. Well, I guess it's also pretty cool how they, like, remastered it and stuff, too. It seems like they put a lot of work into it, and it, it looks great. I have the DVDs, so I didn't have to worry about it. Oh. <laughs> She's fancy. <laughs> I had it on uh, tape, so. <laughs> well, like, I, I went through a phase not that long ago. I want to say, like, maybe right before uh the pandemic i bought that one and the leslie and warren one because i was just like i need i need cinderella in my life and then now i'm <laughs> all cinderella out i, I od'd on cinderella <laughs> but uh let's get into sharp and flat shall we yes sharp flat 
in this sec- in this segment, we're going to highlight some moments that we've either talked about or we didn't talk about. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or hated it or like could do without it, it's flat. Get Great. it? I'm punny. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You, you explained it very well. Do you have any sharps for this besides the whole movie? I mean, you could say that. Um, <laughs> well, sharps, the costumes. Yes. Um, the cast was just like outstanding. And uh, Brandy and Whitney Houston singing Impossible is also very sharp. I loved the overacting. I love love her dress, obviously, and Whitney's dress. Like, as much as we were fawning over the, the ball gown, like, Whitney's gold dress is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Um, it's gorgeous. I also agree with you about Brandy and Whitney on screen together. Like, gold right there. And then, while watching it, I got a sense that there was, like, a slight feminist undertone. I could see that. I could see that. Because, like, Brandy wasn't so boy crazy like the rest of them. She was just like, I would start with hello and go from there. Yeah, yeah. Just Um, trying to encourage people to, you know, be their own person and be themselves. And then obviously... impress a boy. Obviously, Whitney's saying, like, you don't need the prettiest dresses or, like, the most expensive hairdo. It's all about what's inside yourself. Mm -hmm. So... I thank you for the slightly feminist undertones, Disney. I guess you're making up for all those years that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> what were your flats, if you have any? I mean, you could say there weren't mm-hmm. any. I've I I have had episodes in the past where people were like, "It's just perfect." I think maybe my one flat, because mm-hmm. I'm a music theater major. Some singers were just better in other songs and others like consistency wise like we talked about the you know brandy was like better in some songs than others but i feel like that's my one critique really that's fine but that's in every that's in every musical that's you know some voices are better than others i think especially in a movie but for a movie musical i mean there's some movie musicals where people cannot sing Mm -hmm. and but this one was pretty good but I, I would say that's my only little critique, but I still love it. I didn't like the slipper, like I said. I don't know. I just would, I, I wish the term glass slipper, like, didn't mean literally a glass slipper. Like, they look yeah. at that and they treat, like I said, they treat it more like however after did it, where there's glass embellishments on mm-hmm. it. So this way it's like a real shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also didn't like the fat jokes at the one stepsister. I oh, I yeah, she does call herself like a bigger girl or something a lot. From I, what I remember. I mean, there's a lot of them at her expense. I get it. It was also a different time. Fat jokes were a thing in the '90s. These times we're having a different conversation. So, like these, I get it. This is my 2021 eyes looking at this, but like. There's one too many fat jokes at that one woman's expense. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, knocked it down a few or just not at all. Would you add any of the songs from this movie to your life's playlist? And by this, like I treat, whenever I ask this question or look at the answer for myself, I treat it like I'm on the subway going to work or, you know, Mm. you're walking around your neighborhood or something. Well, you know what? It's funny because in my own little corner, like sometimes I, I, it just gets stuck in my head for no reason. Like I really, I would sing that song all the time as a kid. And like, I would still like, sometimes I just like, after I watched the last night, I would just sing it. it. It's just always stuck in my head. So definitely that song. I don't really know why, but it's, I think it's just a pretty melody that just is catchy and you know, it has a good message. So I, I wrote that one down. I wrote impossible slash it's possible. Cause they're basically mm-hmm. the same song. And then 10 minutes ago, that's a beautiful oh, yeah. song. Ten minutes ago. That's a, very, that's a great, uh, I think audition piece for the right, for the right show. If you were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of these songs are really good audition songs, honestly. 
I was a little confused by do I love you because you're beautiful? It's like <laughs> or wonderful or <laughs> Yeah, cuz though I get the sentiment behind it, but it doesn't seem like there's a payoff with it cuz it's just like I love you. I don't know why I love you. I just love you. I think it's just a very old kind of song. <laughs> you know, like when during Rodgers and Hammerstein's time, they I feel like sometimes they were just those simple songs with the pretty melodies and it's true yeah I think those are just that's just one of them so you have to kind of make it your own I guess now because it's so kind of dated so now if you were able to cast yourself in any role in Cinderella be it from this movie ever after any iteration from it and they're doing like a stage version of it Mm -hmm. who would you who would you cast yourself as you know, I think Cinderella. I think Cinderella because, you know, I have the, this lovely soprano voice and I, I, you know, would love to show that off. And I think Cinderella would give me that exposure. I would say if I was a little older, like maybe in like 20 years or 15 years or something, probably the stepmother uh, would be fun to play if I was older. But like right now, I would like to play Cinderella. But like with these songs, not with these with... songs. Oh, I would say no, Cinderella. No, I, I mean like, like we... I meant uh, the the stepmother, but with these songs, because you know how I said there was that one mm. song that she sings that was edited for the movie. Oh yeah, falling in love with love. No, I mean I I think if we're talking about like if you were to do it today, mm-hmm. then definitely Cinderella. Yes. Um, and then if I was a little older, I could see myself doing the um the stepmother that's awesome (laughs) go big or go home right (laughs) (laughs) well dylan we did it we did an episode we did it thank you so much this was so fun to talk about do you have anything you want to plug or promote or talk Um, you know what tell me more about your blog while we're here oh sure well it's relatively new but it's called behind the scenes with Dylan. I guess it's like a blog, but also kind of a brand that I'm trying to build too, but it's about acting lifestyle and beauty. And so I talk about beauty and lifestyle products that are, I think can help artists and actors. So, you know, even if it's like a lipstick, it's like, well, how can you use these lipsticks in your audition or something, you know, things like that. Or I want to talk about like health and, and lifestyle and like, you know, that's important as an artist and an actor and I also interview, uh, you know, I just interviewed a couple months ago, a casting director at Liz Lewis. Um, I just interviewed Michael Kushner with Michael Kushner Photography. We talk about how, you know, your wardrobe and makeup is really important during headshots and lifestyles. So that kind of stuff. I'm very interested in beauty and lifestyle, but I'm also really interested, you know, because I'm an actor in acting. So I just kind of wanted to find a way to like infuse that since I enjoy all of that stuff. I saw on, can't remember if it was your Instagram or on the blog itself or on TikTok or something. I'm pretty sure it was TikTok where you talk about going to thrift stores for audition pieces. Oh yeah. So I I kind of do a TikTok every Thursday called Thrifty Thursday because I I, I think that's part of my blog too is that I um I really enjoy like thrifting and my whole thing is like you know us artists are always like kind of on a budget and right. for me it's important that I get the right headshots get the right reels um and you know these things cost a lot of money so you know how can you as an actor like save money so you can spend it on things that you really want to spend it on so I think that's kind of what thrifty thursday is about is like you know I I a lot of my clothes I find that are actually like designer, but I've gotten them for like $10, you know, and people think that I, yeah. And people think, you know, that I spend a lot of money and I'm like, no, I don't really actually spend that much money. I just like made a reel. I think where I was saying that I go to like Craigslist and offer up for, you know, used furniture and, you know, New York and Brooklyn, I find things on the street. Like I just, I guess I enjoy that. It's also like a hobby for me now, I guess, since I was, you know, I've just done it for so long, but I just want to encourage like other people, you know, to not spend like $800 on a new couch. Like you don't have to spend $500 on a new dress. Right. When you can easily yeah. go to a thrift store 
I'm going to throw my two cents in on that one where I would say wash it before you wear it, obviously. Wash it. Yes. Yes. There's a few things that like people don't think about that, but like go to the thrift store, wear like a tank top or tight fitting clothes that you can like easily throw stuff on top of. And then when you get it home, treat it however. Or um, take it to the dry cleaner and sort right. you know, if it's a dress. But So where can yeah. people read the blog? The web address is www.behindthesceneswithdylan.com. Or you can go on my Instagram, which is Dylan underscore Greenberg, my name. And it's in like my link in my bio. And, you know, my link for Maria's, the web series that's on YouTube, that's there too. So all my links for things that I do is on my Instagram or on my TikTok. And I put them on on the show notes. So it's- Oh, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you're, uh, you know, interested in thrifting and stuff. I try and, and get people to, you know, thrift because some people, it's just crazy that- some people are like, oh, yeah, I'm like unemployed still. But like, I don't know how I'm going to buy this like couch. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you can't do that. You just don't have the money for it. <laughs> yeah, you can easily go to um, Salvation Army or Goodwill <laughs> or even I don't know if there I don't know if there's even like just thrift stores in New York. There's so mm. many. And in Brooklyn, there's so many in the Goodwills and the Upper East and the Upper West Side. I mean, rich people just throw all their crap. And you can get like literal gold there. I know in, I want to say in Brooklyn, there's a few places where you don't pay by the piece, you pay by the bag. So... Oh, I've never been to those places in Brooklyn, but there are places I go where it's like $5 in this area just for shirts. And it like, you know, there could be designer mixed in with H&M. It doesn't matter the designer. It's just the fact that it's a shirt. So it's $5. Not H&M. RuPaul doesn't <laughs> love H&M. <laughs> You know what I mean, though? Like, it could be a simple, right. you know, everyday get, kind get of the, Get brand. the black t-shirt that you need for yeah simple things. And then get the nice fun shirt. Exactly. When you do things like that, do you set it up so it's like, this is like a good idea for an ingenue role if you're going to audition for it? You know, I haven't done that, but I... uh I wrote like a blog article recently about uh, how I was getting roles for a lot of period pieces, like something for the seventies. And then I was doing this commercial and I had to do like this nineties trivia. I didn't have a flannel and I just popped on over to the thrift store and got like a flannel. And then Done. For, for the seventies, I had to get kind of like a seventies kind of shirt. So it helps a lot if you're doing a lot of period kind of stuff. Or um, I just did this audition where I needed, I was like a mom. She was a Phillies Eagles fan. And I walked into the thrift store and found an, a Phillies Eagle jersey. Like, Perfect. so it's just great if you just, it's something that's not normally in your wardrobe, I think. Um, and then you could donate it back. I mean. Yeah. Or you could, honestly, I, I'm really glad. I mean, the jersey I can kind of donate back, but. Right. Everything yeah. else, it's really good that I have. And, you know, I just had an audition this week and it took place in like the 1880s. And I bought this really long vintage skirt and I hadn't worn it in a while and it like worked perfectly. So you just never awesome. know when you buy things at the thrift store. Like sometimes you buy things and you're like, I don't know when I'm going to wear this, but it's really cool. It usually like ends up working well for auditions. And it's great to like keep it in your closet in case for the, another audition in the future yeah and it's just it's weird because I this year I've had a lot of period piece auditions and I don't usually I mean I don't know why I just maybe casting seeing something different but it's you know it's great that the thrift stores are just like five minute walk away and I can just go and I find something instantly well, so I, I yeah I love your blog I'm not an actor but I appreciate reading it because it's great tips and I'll make sure to spread the word everywhere. Be sure to check it out because you get some, there's some like interesting tidbits here and there that Dylan has that you wouldn't normally think of. So it's great that, you know, you put the word out, you put put them in writing and it's like, oh yeah, you can get a couch from the <laughs> thrift store. Duh. <laughs> or, or like, um, Oh yeah, like you're pairing certain things together to create like a more interesting look for your uh, audition would benefit you. 
And then also be sure to check out the Maria's. That's on YouTube or is that on its own website? Um, it's on YouTube. And then it's also on Sika TV, which is like a independent web series platform. But um, you can watch it in both places. There are two seasons out? Um, it's one season and then like the first episode of the second season. So it's um, eight episodes so far. So far. Okay. Let's yeah. get let's get it some more awards. <laughs> you know, I know we're actually we're going to Miami. I think I have to still have to get my ticket, but we're um, at the Miami Web Fest in June for the new episode. So that's the only that episode is the only one that's been out in film festivals. So I think that that will be cool. We'll see if it, that one gets any awards. Ooh. And if you guys are interested in putting your two cents about Cinderella or if you want to learn more about Dylan and all of her greatness, uh, feel free to reach out to me and I'll pass you along to her. You can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, even though I don't understand Twitter, at buttasongpod. Write in on your thoughts and feelings about what we've talked about. And if you want to be featured on her blog, Dylan, I'm pretty sure will gladly interview you for whatever reason (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) yes and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation we're going to be talking about greece which is the word i guess we're all over the place on this podcast but you know sometimes when you're at an audition they'll they'll have you sing everything in your book and you're just like uh okay okay so i'm gonna do (laughs) shot through the heart followed by in my own little corner, followed by, I don't know, pick a Sondheim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to be prepared. So, you know, it's it's appropriate to do all this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dylan, thank you so much for stopping by. I, I would love to have you come back again in the future. If you have the time, I know you work a lot and you have 7,000 jobs going on. No, of course. I would I would love to. <laughs> Great. We'll figure it out off camera. But in the meantime, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.